I, it's it's wild. We have all this stuff to talk about, and you guys are all over it on Twitter, and I and I love it. But I can't. Every single time I do, Josh, I just I keep thinking about how fun this softball team is, man, and how I can't wait for them to get home for everyone to be able to watch them. I can't wait. They're so good. It's a fun crew, too. I mean, it really is. And I talk a lot. I, some people get so mad. To me, the game moves quick. There's not a lot of filler time needed. You know, Toby and and Tanner, or sorry, Taylor and Chad when they do baseball. And I, when I did baseball radio play-by-play, it's a little bit longer game. You get more time to become a, a storyteller and, and, and paint a broader picture. Softball goes, man. It goes. But when I have those downtimes, I want to take that opportunity to tell you about the people that are helping to make this possible. I want you to learn about the new athletic trainer, and I want you to see what Jake is doing behind the scenes to make sure that everything is ready, to know how hard Jackie Livingston grinds, to understand the plan that Dane Summers, to know that my girl Whitley Simmons and uh, Rayleigh Pogue are never able to figure out the video and always breaking it. I mean, it's just there's – kidding. There's cool stories around this team. And honestly, dude, it's like all I want to talk about. So I'm going to hit pause on it because there's a lot of other things going on in the sports world. But I want I want you to know, Josh, my heart right now is with that yellow softball and the diamond. So when I move on to a fight and not me trying to fight Texas State fans, that's what I'm thinking about. Can you believe that woman yelled leave her in there whenever a coach came to visit in the circle? What an absolute... Okay, so before we move on, uh, what are you doing here? You gonna rrr, you gonna trigger me more? Yes, I'm trying okay. to. Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one three four three nine. Ed in Houston. Hi, Ed. Says, "Hey, Plank went to four games this weekend. What did you think about Sooner Nation showing oh, up? Why didn't you say hi, Ed? It was awesome. I got to see so many people." It so I was trying to think. I hate people that tell you how long they've done things. I really it makes me so mad. You know, it's my eight hundred and forty sixth broadcast. Cool. You're still screwing things up, but okay. And I would imagine whenever I constantly tell you, hey, this is for me, I've been doing this since 2016. It's not to be like, I've been with Pat Gasso seven years, let's go. Seven seasons, I guess. And just it's more to say I've experienced Houston before. We went down there in 17. We went back down there last season. And this is the third time since I started doing games in 16 that we've been down there. It was by far the best road environment for Sooner fans, period. Really? Period. Um, there's a lot of fans that go to the games out in L.A. The week before, it was crazy. But as far as just going in and taking over a stadium, that's what happened on Saturday. I saw um, I saw people that I knew from Oklahoma that had made the trek down. I saw someone on Twitter. Now, I don't, I don't know this dude. Patrick pointed it, it out to me. I, I, I say that I, I might. But there was some dude that saw Jossie. 
had hit 94. And so on Saturday night, they loaded up the family and said, we're going. We're not going to miss history. And drove down from Oklahoma City to be there. That's commitment right there, Josh. That is commitment. That is pretty big time. But there is a great contingent of Sooner fans in Houston. Oh, I did. There was a um, a, an, an older gentleman that came, and I met Alan. Alan was a diehard Sooner fan, and we talked. And I, we were talking about the stadium. We we're talking about Alan Moody. Your your ears had to be burning. We were talking about all the diehard fans, and it was it was awesome. But there was this this older gentleman who was there and first of all he comes up and he has just this massive pile of cookies and oh i i, I saw tweet? this yeah okay not only did he make the cookies on friday josh but he made them again on saturday that dude had to make an upwards of like 200 cookies and he was handing them out to every single sooner fan now, again, you know me, maybe wanted a royal taste tester there just to be safe because you never know. We were in enemy territory. But the best part of what this guy did wasn't just those tasty OU logoed cookies, Josh. No, no, no. He was ahead of the game. He knew we were in enemy territory. And he didn't want to have the Sooners have success and not have Boomer Sooner blaring through whatever, Houston Stadium, Cougar Field, whatever it is. So he brought a boombox and I assume a tape. And every single time that something good would happen, that dude would hit play on the tape and hold up the boombox. It's on my Twitter feed. You can see it. And calling it a boombox probably isn't like, it's like something that would be an alarm clock by your bed. But he was committed and he held it up, and he played it every single time something good happened. That was so cool. I mean, it was just – it was awesome. Sooner Nation, Nation showed up and showed out, and it was – it was rocking. I mean, it really was. Did you see the the angle? I think it was Grant Wade's shot when Jossie broke – or tied the record, and you could see the crowd in the background. I said it many times on the broadcast this weekend. Reminder, that was a road game. Sooners were on the road. Houston is not Norman. And it was like a home game. They have, in the in the setup of this, look what you've done. I was trying to segue. I was trying to move on. Ah, it's all good. Me it was back a historic in. weekend. You sucked me back in. So the setup there is pretty cool. It's a ni- They've done a nice job, okay, for what Houston is as a softball program. They've got a really neat facility. It is perfect for a mid-major school. And they have the lower bowl section that's got about, I don't know, eight to ten rows, goes behind home plate, uh, around kind of right about the start of the dugout, and then they have like an upper terrace seating that's covered and it's nice. And I don't I don't know, I can't remember if there's seats or bleachers. There's a little party deck beyond the first base um, dugout. And there's some berm seating in the outfield. I think it's... I don't remember who I was talking to. Maybe maybe it was Whitley. But it, it seems as if in the outfield they have an area where you can like build. If you want to add seating, if you want to add to the capacity, they've got an area where you can grow and build. So that's pretty cool. But every seat was taken. Every seat. And 
I was thinking about taking a video, but I, I got lazy. But you couldn't walk around the concourse during the, the two games on Saturday. That's how packed it was. And they had told us, they had told us, hey, listen, on Saturday we've sold every ticket, so you're not going to be able to have room to do this, this, or that, which is fine, right? I didn't think much of it. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I've heard that one before. Legitimately, they were turning people away. I mean, the security and like the the the, the fire marshals were like pacing. They it was awesome. It was awesome. And listen, it might have sucked in the concession lines because they had one concession stand. <laughs> Though they did finally get a guy that came out and was like, if you're getting water or beer right here, I'm your guy. <laughs> but it was just, it was cool, man. It's It was a really cool environment. And I got to see so many great fans because this team is worthy of it. It, it really is. And I know there'd be some that will say, well, of course, it's a smaller facility. They should. You're right. You're right. But it's, and it's a defending national champs. You're right. But it's still kind of cool. It's still ridiculously cool. And it's still something that, you know, we went in 2017 and help me out, JT. I think it was played like Ole Miss in a game that was three and a half hours long. Like, literally, you could probably hear me calling play-by-play from the dugout. There was hardly a soul there. Even in their game Sunday against Texas State, Josh, it was, it was packed, painted, crimson and cream. And all, four, and all the Texas State fans that were there were basically standing right by me. Brrr! Things that just warm your heart. I was trying to get away from it. Can, can I share just a couple more? Yeah, sure, since we're on it, and I want to get into this handshake debate, too. Somebody wanted to know, are there standardized dimensions for college softball parks? No. Next question. No, there's not. I mean, Has anybody built a softball stadium that has a green monster in it? This weekend? Now, here's what's, here's what's weird. Um now, when they say standard dimensions, I mean, the bases are 60. I mean, if, if that's what yeah, that, no, they're Yeah, no, they're talking about, you know, distance to left, center, right. No, um, I would have to, I mean, just off the top of my head, I want to say that, what, like 312 down the line is, well, maybe that's not even right. Maybe like 280 down the line. Um, let me see what Marita Hines is here real quick. Um, you would think I would have this memorized. Did you know that I've been doing this since 2016? Have I brought that up enough times, Josh? How long have you been doing this? Uh, since 2016 was my first season. But, I mean, it's it's. I would say it's fairly standard. But for the most part, it's, you know, every, every everyone will have a little bit of a different setup, right? So... This weekend now, what's kind of cool about the the setup at Cathedral City is it's I guess for it's really set up for baseball tournaments, right? So we're playing on baseball fields, but these baseball fields were built. I want to say Poppy's listening; he can correct me. I want to say they were built in like the late '80s or something. Um, and they, they have 
like cutouts of the Green Monster, of Yankee Stadium, yeah. of Wrigley Field. Like if you take a picture with it, it looks cool. If you're standing right next to it, you're like, oh. So it's just it's a little different, but it gives a cool backdrop. Now there's temporary fencing around that outfield, but yeah. Look at that setup between the two of us there. Who who would have thunk it? One final one here. Go ahead. Somebody was curious how they can check in to your broadcast if uh, they don't use Twitter. Um, I have found, this is just me, that um, a lot of you have discovered many different ways to get in touch. So, in other words, there is um, – I've been getting Facebook messages. Um, I found a few – on Instagram from over the weekend. So I guess I guess there if you any social media is the best way to text in, I guess. Um but yeah, they T- Twitter would be the Well, they, you just said they didn't have Twitter though, right? Yeah, but you know, they were asking the question is there another way ah, get Twitter? I, I have a lot of people that literally they only have Twitter for for the check-ins. I'm not even kidding. So that's that's pretty cool. But did I I think I said 300. It's more like 220 down the lines, I think. I yeah, and somebody had texted and said you. a lot of places are 225 yeah. to all three. I think I got a little carried away. There's no set dimensions is is my point to answer the Twitter question. Anything else you want to get to or do you want to stay on the clock here? We are caught up. Look at us. All right, quick break. When we come back, I'm now I'm now looking at a uh, I'm I'm watching a video of the dimensions of Marina Heinz Field. <laughs> this is what you guys have done to me now trying to figure things out. But a lot of softball. A lot of softball on the show today. When we come back, Josh, I have finally found thanks to Pop the audio of the of the guy losing his mind in the play-by-play booth. It's fantastic. It was me this weekend. Uh, top five stories today around the corner, plus some NASCAR talk, too. In hour three, it's the Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. All right, hold on. Let me. So, Poppy, is there a set dimension that it has to be down the third baseline? I don't think so. But we were we were debating softball nuances here as uh, Darren and Brian join us from Extreme Outdoor Equipment. That's the last thing you guys probably want to talk about is the dimensions of the field, right? <laughs> we're yeah. a little unprepared for the conversation <laughs> at the moment, Chris. <laughs> I love it. Well, listen, we could talk about whether or not it needs to be 220 or 230 down the line, but that's not our thing. Well, uh, first of all, guys, let's we're going to do a regular NASCAR segment. We're going to talk about what's going on and what happened in the race is Daytona this weekend. But before we do, let's just talk about the stories. I don't, I don't know who wants to jump in first, but I had a chance to go by the Goldsby store. Man, what a great location right there off of I-35. They're trying to screw us up by that second exit that they put out yeah, there. Yeah. But you guys have tons of stuff out there, don't you? Yeah. First of all, thanks for letting us uh, come out and visit no, with man. you a little bit. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. On the way over here, there was this guy on our, uh, the back bumper. I thought it was Brad Keselowski. Uh, <laughs> trying to bump you out of the yeah, way yeah, to get yeah, here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I don't know about this new next-gen car. Right. But it was exciting racing for me the other day, uh, yesterday. I, what did we see? Two cars flip upside down? Yeah. 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 It was, was amazing. Great. It was yeah. amazing. And, you know, I'm a, I'm one of those. I listen because I was driving back. Have you ever had to listen to MRN radio call a race? Oh, yes. I have. I think it's almost more exciting than watching it, it is. sometimes. It yeah. is. When you get into, like, those 
mile and a half, two mile tracks, whatever. Everyone kind of gets set. It's not restrictor plate. It's fun. But I, before we go all in, let's just let, let's brag about the store here real quick. You guys got a lot going on. We're heading into. Uh, Lawn season, if you will. You got mm-hmm. the bad boy mowers. You got. I came in and, and looked at all the blowers and the trimmers. You got a little bit of everything right yeah. now, don't you? Yeah. yeah just uh, this weekend, we sold two bad boy mowers to Let's people go. that just moved to Goldsby. They uh, one came from Alabama. I forget where the other one came. California, I California. And we see that all the time. We have people that have just moved out here at both our locations because we have Newcastle as well, and that's mm-hmm. a fast-growing community also. You would have no idea how long it took me just to truly get comfortable with my with my mower. But, and, and not to get sidetracked here, <laughs> once you get comfortable with it, it's fun, right? It's, right. It, it's, it's something, and the maintenance on it is you can do it yourself. Teddy always says it's really hard to break them. Kind of right, but I mean it, it is. It's 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 a labor of love, and so for those of us who maybe added an acre or two, I appreciate you guys. Um, all right, so you mentioned the next gen car. Any anything that surprised you guys from it? I the look of it really kind of shocked me a little bit. I like the look. I love my source, but I tell you, the new wheel setup with that singular mono lug or whatever they're calling it, mm-hmm. I think there's a few things to work out with that maybe. Yeah, it's unusual. You don't typically see a wheel come off a car during a race maybe once a mm-hmm. season. There was two yesterday, yeah. and that's, I think, concerning. And then another wheel just fell apart, just broke apart and disintegrated on a car. Do, do you think there should be concerns, too, about the cars getting airborne? You know, we saw a couple of times. Now, the one in the um, nationwide, well, Xfinity race, it was a little bit kind of, of a fluky thing because he yeah. caught behind. But do you worry about that at all? Well, a little bit. I mean, the way they're drafting it, I know they have a lot of things to work out still, you know, uh, educating themselves on how to draft and where to draft with this new next-gen car. But, I mean, two races in a row, same weekend, hmm, maybe yeah. something to it. Tough. All right, so I've, I've said this a lot. We're talking uh, NASCAR and a weekly NASCAR report brought to you by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Uh, Darren and Brian are in studio with us. I've said this a lot. Now the season really starts, right? The restrictor plate races are one thing. Now we get into the true season. Let's just let's start with you. I mean, how do you expect these new cars to kind of handle on the super speedways beyond the restrictor plate races? Uh, most of our experience with NASCAR in person has been down at Texas Motor Speedway. Same, same. And uh, so those tracks are certainly uh, more numerous uh, <laughs> than the super speedways. So we're going to start seeing that maybe next week at California uh, as to how they're going to handle on those various kinds of tracks. I'm more concerned about a track like Bristol, not so much for the aerodynamics, but the durability of the cars. These things seem to crumple like a new F-250. <laughs> and I just don't know how uh, easily they're going to uh, yep. hold together uh, yep. on that. But seeing Harrison Burton go upside down and the way he came, remember it was just last year that Ryan Newman tumbled down the mm-hmm, track yeah. and uh, had to be carried out of it. And this year... It could have easily been a similar wreck. I don't know if it was the new next-gen car that kept it on the ground or just luck or prayer or what, but uh, it could have been a lot worse yesterday for Harrison Burton. Oh, thought, yeah. Thought the same thing, too. Yeah, I did, too. 100. He is lucky. The way those tires, when he rolled, mm-hmm. it's amazing. He didn't uh, just flip over and over and over. I He's thought, yeah, lucky. I, I thought lucky. the same thing. Uh, let's talk about the specifics of this race. Austin Sindrick, for those that aren't familiar, is now – I guess it's still considered the Pinsky umbrella, right? In that mm-hmm. uh, in that right. two car, 
Brad New Brad Newman uh, Brad Kislowski goes over to Roush Fenway. He's driving the six and co-owning Roush Fenway Racing, so he's out of what was a really good ride. And here's this young gun that comes up from the Xfinity Series and gets the win and had to overcome a lot of adversity throughout the race too. I was impressed with Austin Cindric. Absolutely. I mean, he just put himself in position. He was right there at the end to uh, take advantage of the opportunity and uh, came home with the victory. How about getting that ride? You know, you're in the discount tire car. That's been a good car. That's been a championship contender. Shows a lot of faith in this young man's ability, and it pays off early. It does, and you can see there's a lot of Xfinity drivers that have uh, made the leap in the mm-hmm. cup. And, frankly, Xfinity is my favorite I love watching to, Xfinity races. Uh, I love going down to Texas before the Xfinity races, uh, we always have uh, the hot passes, or we did. Not th- thankfully, NASCAR has brought the hot passes back. <laughs> um, but the Xfinity drivers just seem to be more genuine. They seem to be hungrier. They aren't prima donnas yet. Uh, not that all the cup drivers are, no, but no. There, there's, there's a plenty of them that, of that are. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and, and we've met many of them. Uh, so, But it's nice to see these young guys get an opportunity, but I'm afraid NASCAR is going to start looking like the PGA Tour, where you're not, you know, like, who are these guys? Where right. do they come from? Yeah, there's a lot of names I didn't even recognize yesterday. And, and then the names that you did recognize. Like, I mean, listen, I when I first fell in love with NASCAR, Greg Biffle and Kevin Harvick were fighting for a championship. Biffle. And then he's then Biffle's in this 44 yeah. car. You're like, what the hell yeah. is going on here? Right. But So I, I, I like seeing names like Cindric win for the diehard race fans like us. But I think that's a good point. I mean, this we need to get some no names out there doing good things yeah. this year. But, you know, one thing I was uh, very excited about to see is the crowd that was there. That was a great crowd. Sold out, wasn't Sold it? Sold out, yeah. Yeah, 100 150,000 plus. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that clash at the Coliseum, whatever. I think NASCAR is doing a lot of great things to bring more fans to the sport. I agree. I, I think they've they've done a smart thing in some of the the pairings they've done with different social media influencers. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think it's been the the barstool side of it is fun. It draws people in. And then here's for those that haven't tried out NASCAR. This last week was the anomaly, right? We right. we get to this the was real the racing. Super Bowl of racing. Yeah, this was a, now we get into all right. Pick your driver or pick your team and mm-hmm. follow them throughout the season. Watch the adjustments. It's a it's an addictive, and I mean that in a good way. Sport. I'll tell you a driver that I'm pulling for this year because of his story is Martin Truex Jr. and yeah. his uh, girlfriend Sherry. Uh, that you know her cancer's back. Oh, is it? Uh, they did a profile on them before the race mm. yesterday, and it's uh, she's going to have to go through uh, round three. And uh, but just their story and yeah. how he persevered. He won several races last year while she was battling, uh, you know, this disease, and it's just inspiring. And the thing that we love about NASCAR is it's right in our wheelhouse with faith, family, and country. Yep. And that's the things that NASCAR uh, espouses. And the fact that they're still privately owned by the France family uh, is why you'll still hear a Christian prayer and the national anthem before every race. Yeah, extreme outdoor equipment brings you a NASCAR uh, more than a minute, a NASCAR uh, segment, because I'm all in. Now, you got me all fired up thinking about (laughs) the rest of the season. Um, The 23 car racing well, depending on how you feel about Bubba Wallace, I mean, I— I think that's a big deal for NASCAR. Is you have a high-profile guy like Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin, which I'm always going to be curious if there's ever a time when the 11 and 23, how's Denny going to handle that, battling for a win? But I, I thought seeing Bubba Wallace run well and Michael Jordan's 23 car 
being in the mix to win a race to start the season. I thought that was huge. Yeah, uh, that car and the Money Mayweather car. Oh, I forgot that, about that, Floyd's I car. I mean, the, the yeah, diversity that we're car bringing. Too. Yeah, that's right. Who's that's that? Emmett Smith. Emmett, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, so I, I just think what the sport is doing, bringing uh, you know, a very diverse uh, fan base sure. to the mix, is to do great things for the sport. Uh, and of course, we can't forget our local guy, Christopher Bell. Mm-hmm. He got caught talked. up in a little mess too. Yeah, didn't he? I think it was around lap sixty-two or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hated that. That's that's who I'm pulling for. Of yeah, course, being the local car looked good. I like the look oh, on the car very fast with that Dewalt um, uh, tools look. I thought that looked. I thought that looked awesome. There's another part of this too: the aesthetics of them, mm-hmm. the new car. I thought it looked great on the track, especially mm-hmm. when the lights went oh, down and you absolutely. got another lights. It absolutely. looks good. And I know this is maybe nitpicky, but it looks more like a car. And what was the old saying is people love NASCAR because you could watch Richard Petty race on a on a Sunday and then you could go buy a car like he was racing. It looks a little bit more like something you could go out and drive yourself. But I mean I, I, I thought it was a great race. I think I overall if we were if we were on a scale of like let's say one to ten, one being I turned the channel, ten being one of the best races I've ever seen. What'd you say? Maybe about a seven and a half, eight? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right in there. I mean, I didn't turn it. There was all kinds of other all-star sure. events and softball and things yeah. going on. I I was glued to that NASCAR stuff. I, I listened to it the whole way home. Yeah. I, I turned it on and I had all my podcasts loaded up ready to listen, but it was engaging and it was well, great. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there that think, or at least I think they do that you know, <laughs> that they, just, they just go in circles. Right. No, right. There's there so is a lot it. more strategy to yep. it. And when I went to the first NASCAR race, I don't, 10 years, 13 years, whatever it was, mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, I get it now. I see why they put 100 plus sure. in the stands. And it's just awesome. Well, so much fun. The thing you, about going to a race in person, there's so much that you do not see on television mm-hmm. yeah. that uh, you witness firsthand uh, there when you're at the track. So if anybody that's never been, the tickets aren't that expensive. It's no. easy to go to, and they, they're plentiful uh, we, to go down to Texas. We, we used to team up um, whenever I was on in Tulsa. We teamed up with Texas Motor Speedway, and they would give us you know tickets. And mm-hmm. it was just you, you go down there, you immerse yourself in that weekend. It's incredible. It's so fun. It's so fun. It is. And uh, we've always enjoyed going down on Friday for practice uh, because the drivers and the crew chiefs and the crew, they're always more laid back. Right. And they're willing to talk to fans. Uh, in that setting, whereas on race day, there it's all about business. It's and, buttoned up. Uh, you you can't expect them to, you know, stop and pose for pictures or sign autographs when they're on their way to the car. There's a smell. There's a sound. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just it's it's just a it's smell addicting. of that ethanol burning yeah. is special. You know what? I drove um, two weeks ago. I drove down past Texas Motor Speedway, yeah. and every time I do, I just I am in awe of what's happened down there. We would go whenever we would camp out, and we'd have to go to the one gas station across the street and get yeah. bologna sandwiches, and that was it. We get bologna and ham, or, uh, bread. Now you've got a Bucky's over there. You've right. got a outlet mall, a, an outlet. They got the Tanger Outlet Mall over there. I mean, it's multiple rash restaurants. Same thing with Kansas. Yep, the Kansas track was literally a track in the middle of nowhere, and now everything is around it. It's mm-hmm. unreal. All right, before you guys get out of here, let's uh, let's make a pick for uh, next week in California. Eventually going to a short track. Have you heard those rumors? I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so there's a rumor that over the next couple of years, they're going to reconfigure it and turn it into a Bristol-style track, which would be awesome. But it's our first true, I guess you could say what, regular track that we'll see normally. So who you got this weekend? Give me a couple Mm. guys you're keeping an eye on. I'm probably going to go Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick? Yeah. He got in a little early trouble yesterday, knocked him out of the race early. 
Yeah, he stole my pick uh, there, <laughs> but with him being a Bakersfield, California yeah, that's, boy. That's but I'm going to go with the Elk Grove, California driver, and that's Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson, very good. Of course, a guy that, I mean, listen, championship winner last year. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. All he, all he wants to do is drive. He doesn't care about all the other noise. No, he, he doesn't. To drive. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Now, I know that Kyle Busch has had a few problems, uh, it seems, early on in this season, but... Man, I just something happens whenever they hit California or Atlanta mm-hmm. where he finds another level. Right. And it's still weird for me that the second they've moved the schedule around, around so much, right? Second week used to be Vegas and it was Atlanta and now it's California. But I'm going with Kyle Bush this weekend. And uh before I let you get out of here, tell guys how they can uh check out Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Uh well, always on the web at XOEOK.com is the easiest. But uh we're XOEOK.com. Yes. Extreme Outdoor Equipment Oklahoma. Love it. You got it. Uh, nothing gets past you, Chris. I'm, I'm smooth in here. I'm <laughs> and, slick, right? Uh, or I-44 exit 108 in uh, Newcastle and exit uh, 104B heading south out of Norman on I-35, just two miles south of also Riverwind Casino. Also known as uh, Edmund South. That's right. Goldsby, right? Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. And here's the best part. If you drive by and you miss the Goldsby location, there's another exit that That's you can right. take to circle back around and right. still get there. Exactly. Oh, the bad boy mowers look so good yeah. out there. They look great. You got a few campers out there, too. Absolutely. Well, You're you pretty a bit diversified uh, between it. the power sports and the uh, zero-turn mowers, the RVs. If it's that season. Yeah. It's all the stuff we like. All the stuff we like. It James. seems like every day there's a gentleman or his wife. Or whatever, they're coming there going, you know, I would go broke. In here. <laughs> I would. I would. My wife literally dragged me out of the store the last time we went in. There. Guys, thanks so much. This is awesome. Thank we'll talk uh, next us. week about California. Uh, you're going with Harvick. You're going with Larson. I've got Kyle Bush. Josh, um, I'll give you Bubba Wallace for this weekend. How's that? Thanks. There you go. That's your winner. (laughs) Inside NASCAR brought to you by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. We'll take a timeout, come back with a plank show right here on The Ref. Hey, uh, to my son, if you're listening, Willie C., you don't return my text messages, so this is the way I'm going to communicate with you now because maybe there is one of your professors that is listening in. Congratulations, you've been admitted to the University of Oklahoma. I got the email somehow. I don't know how, but congrats. Now, as awesome as that is, I know you're not going to Oklahoma, but dad's got a place where you can stay, bro. Nothing better than being uh, at your dad's house whenever you're in college. <laughs> I think that's the last thing he wants That is do. what most college students say is I'm trying I to want, move, you move know what? with mom and dad. I, I want to go to college and live with my parents. That's what I want to do. I miss my son, man. He's a stud. Um, but yeah, look at that. First email I get in the inbox is congrats, Will, on your admission to the University of Oklahoma. Now, son, it's time to get that C up in your Chinese class, okay? Miss you. Love you lots. Those dudes were awesome. That yeah, was they, great. they were really good. See, now, this is a problem that I have, and it's it's something that we've talked about. I love NASCAR. Love it. But I also know that for the most part, some of y'all are like, Cars turning left. Blah, blah. So I hope in the dudes coming on throughout the season that we can maybe spark a little bit of an, of an excitement, passion, uh, and maybe you check it out. Plus, Darren and Brian are just awesome dudes, man. Awesome dudes. I went by, I took my daughters in there. You can legit spend an hour just walking around, checking out everything that they have, including um, all of their zero-turn mowers and, and campers. It's right off the Goldsby exit off I-35 and in Newcastle. 
I found, did I tell you I found the video that I was looking for that was me in Houston this weekend when Texas State fans were trying to talk trash? Even though I do, if you've checked out Twitter today, uh, a very nice Texas State fan came up and uh, gave me the video of Jossie's 95th home run when he was sitting right behind home plate. But this is... This is this is fantastic. Kudos, like I said, to Pop for finding this for me. Uh, this is Arkansas State versus Florida Atlantic. Um, the quarterback for FFU, FAU gets hit. His helmet pops off, and the analyst Dave Lamont loses his ever-loving mind. Oh, and he took a hit to the head on the slide. Oh. Where's the flag? Where's the flag? A hit to the head on the slide is a flag. To the 27-yard line, Van Camp's slow to get up. He does get up. His helmet came off. There's not a flag. You cannot tell me that's a flag. That's not possible. Where's the commissioner? Where's right? Where's right waters? Where's right waters? I mean, it, he was still up. He had not gone into his slide yet, but it was a helmet-to-helmet shot where the helmet flew off, and there is absolutely no reason why a flag shouldn't have been thrown there. That's ridiculous. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. That is absolutely embarrassing. That has to be a flag. And that still, we'll see. He's if sliding. Send Van Camp to the sideline. No, nope, there's Cooey. Yeah. He's got to get him He's out of He's got to come out of the game now. It's ridiculous. That is, I can't believe that. I cannot believe that. You can't. I mean, uh, it took him a while to get into the well, slide. He is defenseless. He Don't you understand? Show a flag. <laughs> he said, don't you understand? He's banging on the Third line. down. <laughs> Third down. Joey throws over the middle behind the receiver incomplete. It'll be fourth down and three. Oh, I, hold on. Van Camp took a helmet to helmet shot regardless, even if he wasn't in his slot. You know what? I don't really care if you people look at me in the press box. You know what? I don't care. That's a flag. And I'll fight any one of you if you want it. <laughs> that's, what I, that's the mood I'm in at the moment. Apparently, the team is not the only one melting down here. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I like the self-awareness at the end. Thank you, Pop. Of um, Apparently, the, the team isn't the only thing melting down here. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That was me. That was me with Texas State fans this weekend. Oh, really? You want to yell keeper in the game? Well, I will fight you. Plank Show on a Monday. Some good NASCAR talk with the guys from Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, uh, Poppy Jimmy Gasso, was saying there's not necessarily a set number. I'm, I'm still all enamored with that great question about, hey, set dimensions. Most colleges are 190-210 down the line, 220-230 to center field. I don't know where I got 300 from. I was obviously drunk. Uh, whenever I first answer that question. Thankfully, Josh Helmer is here to quickly correct me and Sean on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, which is 405-651-3439. It is 1047. The top five stories of the day are coming up here in just a bit. Um, But, Josh, there is one topic that has eluded us here today. There is one story from this weekend that we haven't touched on in depth. Well, actually, there are several. But when we come back, what was that in Ames? We'll try to figure out and get to the bottom of it right here 
on the ref. It's the Plank Show on the Home of Sooner fans. Do you want to, uh, on Friday's show, do you want to pick which game you think that Jossie breaks the record? You want to play a little squares, if you will? Isn't that what sure. they call it during the Super Bowl? I'll take the first game. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I make a confession to you? Don't tell anyone. This is between the two of us, okay? I, I really wanted to make the home run call special, so I called and talked to Toby for like five minutes just to kind of pick his brain a little bit. I was, I was nervous. I didn't want to screw it up. Uh, I called Toby. It's like, what do you think? I'm, I'm kind of workshopping some things here, and I was throwing them by him. So, dude, I'm, I don't want to screw Good it up. Feedback. It's history. Dude, he's the best. He's the best. I, I think that's one thing in life that everyone should be open and willing to do when you have really, really smart, good, creative people around you that are good friends. Trust them with questions that you have. Because, oh, did I have questions? I was just, I don't want to screw it up. Use your resources. Sure, that's right. That's great advice in any walk of life, any I, profession. D- during the break, uh, and I guess I need, to, I need to put this in front of, of Poppy, too. I've got something f- kind of in my mind that I'm thinking of saying when she breaks it. I want to go back and really learn how to say her full name because it's like Joss, Jocelyn Aloyaha. I, I'm not even going to try to say it, but there's like a she's got a full name and she just goes by Jocelyn Alo to make it easy for everyone. I'd like to try to do that, but could you imagine if I screwed up her name? I would recommend you don't do that. <laughs> So I got I got to I just got to tell you man use your use your resources use your friends. I'll confess to the idea that I would be very impressed if you pulled that off <laughs> in that moment. But my professional recommendation would be do not try that. Okay, um we talked about a tough weekend in basketball both the men's and women's team win uh, lose in in Ames. I'll get bracketology here in a second in fact it's part of the top 5 stories of the day but here was Porter with Toby. Post-game interview with Porter Moser brought to you by OU Health. Sorry, I didn't edit the first got, part out. You got hit by a tidal wave today. I mean, uh, they did, they would not miss shots for you today. What, what was your summary? Well, I, th- I think we really struggled guarding the ball. You know, um, I thought we came out both halves, and it's just frustrating. You come out, and they're they're doing, they're they're staying to the script. They're they're, do, they're playing what we do. I thought we opened up, and then then the wheels came off, and then we we buried a 15 point lead. Um, Resettled down at halftime, came back, cut it to five in the first ten minutes. Again, then it came, you know. So we just got to stay with it. Uh, we struggled guarding the ball. Uh, what I really noticed is we switch a lot, and with one less guy, EJ is elite at switching yeah. and guarding the dribbler. With one less guy and adding in a younger guy, some you know we really struggled guarding the ball, and uh, they got a lot of mismatches on us. Um, they went downhill and then. Then when we really, you know, you're trying to guard the dribble and pack it in a little bit, then they started hitting the threes. Brockington makes tough shots. We cut it to five, and he had a tough pull-up. Um, and then we even, you know, then we had two turnovers, um, and then they come down, and uh, their freshman just takes us off the dribble all the way to the – takes another freshman off the dribble all the way to the rim. Now it's nine, you know, just, just like that. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So, you know, I, I thought I thought there was a I thought we were the first ten minutes of the second half, I thought we were really good, staying with it. I thought we guarded, caught some turnovers, got some transition layups, executed some things, and cut to a very good team in a very good atmosphere, cut a fifteen point lead to five. Actually it went up to seventeen, I think, or whatever. And then they cut it we cut it down to five. Um Brockington makes shots, they make shots. Yeah. Um and when you're when they're taking you off the dribble so much early and then you're trying to plug the gaps you're going to give up shots, and they made the shots. Just it was frustrating, dude, all the way around. Now I wasn't able to watch it until after the game, so I did spend a lot of time fast forwarding. But finishing on a sixteen to two run is frustrating. But let's not bury the lead here, Josh. Moments before the game, and again, I'm sure that this was known. But you find out that you've lost one of your key contributors for the rest of the season. I mean, that's just a gut punch. Well, and. I think probably the takeaway there is you see the value that Harkless has, especially defensively like Coach touched on there for this group. And the depth right now on this roster in this program isn't where it needs to be to remain competitive in the Big 12 Conference. It's just not. Yep. You're right. You're absolutely right. Mm. And with that in mind, I've written a story over at Sooners Wire. Who, are, <laughs> who is Oklahoma targeting in the 2023 class? Yeah, losing EJ is tough. Elijah Harkless, if you missed it on Saturday. The, I, I saw the report first from, I think, one of the dailies reporters. And then I realized, oh, Elijah put it on his Instagram. <laughs> but he did say he was coming back. I Listen, I'm a dummy when it comes to some of this stuff. I don't know what his future looks like. I feel like. He's got a chance to play professionally. He's, he's a really good defender, and you don't just have to be in the NBA to play professionally and go overseas, G League. But looks like he plans on coming back next year, and that's good for the Sooners. All right, what does it mean for bracketology? Not good. We'll hit that in the top five stories of the day next.